0: Welcome to Revival from the Bible, a daily devotional podcast designed to help more people get into God's Word and get more out of the Word. I'm Ben Blakey. It's Thursday, December 2nd, 2021. Just about all of us seek some kind of glory. I think of even just going back to being a kid and, you know, shooting baskets in the front yard or going to the driving range and thinking about hitting that game winning basket or sinking that tournament winning putt, right? And as you think about and you fantasize about those moments, you're thinking about the glory of that shot, the glory of that putt, the crowd going wild, right? As we get older, still we, we crave, often the approval of others in whatever your profession or calling in in life is. Most of us, we want to be great in some way at it. And then there's a part of us that wants uh, the, the glory, I guess you could say, of doing our job well and receiving some sense of recognition for that. But seeking glory can be a dangerous thing. Seeking glory can be a very dangerous thing when you seek glory from the wrong place. In fact, that can be an eternally fatal decision. And we see more about that today as we go to John chapter 12, verses 37 through 50. And here, uh, in this section, we will see some commentary about how kind of the public phase of Jesus's ministry is over. This is ending a chapter uh, really in the gospel of John. And I don't just mean ending chapter 12, but really ending the phase of his public ministry. Uh, Starting tomorrow when we get into chapter 13, now it's just focused on the disciples. Uh, That's what it's all about but when it ends, it's kind of disappointing. It says, uh, I guess the end of verse 36, getting into 37, when Jesus had said these things, he departed and hid, themse- hid himself from them. Though he had done so many signs before them, they still did not believe. And then there's an element that explains, well, part of the reason they didn't believe is because it was prophesied. Going back to Isaiah and um, And even talking about God blinding their eyes and hardening their hearts, So there's some divine level in this. But he talks about it at a more human level as to why some of these people don't believe. And we see more about that in verse 42, where it says, Nevertheless, many even of the authorities believed in him, but for fear of the Jews, they did not confess it, so that they would not be put out. Of the synagogue, for they loved the glory that comes from man more than the glory that comes from God. There is the fatal decision to love the glory that comes from man rather than the glory that comes from God. And there we see the nature of true belief. John uses the word believe quite a bit, but we get a sense in his gospel that there is a belief that is genuine and saving and leads to eternal life, and there is a belief that is not. Uh, effective. And that's what we see here, that they, they believe on some level, but they will not confess it. And it's fear because they crave the wrong kind of glory. They crave the glory that comes from man rather than the glory that comes from God. And that, my friends, is something that we all need to be on guard against, because there will be ways that all of us will be tempted to To seek the glory that comes from man more than the glory that comes from God. Now, it's not going to be exactly the same. Uh, None of us are dealing with the incarnate Christ uh, in his first coming, seeing him do the miracles. No, that's not a challenge any of us will face or have to deal with. But there's all kinds of other challenges, and a lot of them, though, will come down to the glory that comes from man versus the glory that comes from God. Some may end up being a pretty big deal, you know, where you can really face a choice where it's your job or your livelihood or your profession or your reputation, or you can be faithful to Christ and you can't really keep both things. And in that moment, you'll have to ask yourself, do I want the, the glory that comes from man or do I want the glory that comes from God? But, you know, we think of those kind of big showdown moments. That's probably still going to be the exception. Think just about the day to day. Uh, Think about your job. Think about your home. I mean, what are you really craving? Are you craving the glory um, that comes from God or the glory that comes from man, you know, in your business? Do you just want to do it for the accolades, for the promotion, for the raise? Or are you really seeking to do your work to honor God? That should be our priority as believers. Uh, Think of your home, right? Are you really just wanting glory from uh, the people that live with you? Or are you really seeking to honor God and, and seek the honor that comes from God in that? Think about church and ministry. Are you really wanting to serve God so that people will pat you on the back and say, good job, or so that you can have a title or so that you can, uh, you know, have some kind of position of authority in the church, or are you really just seeking to honor and serve the Lord? I'd invite you to really pray through your own heart in some of these different areas and consider them uh, today as you respond to this passage. Uh, Next, let's go back and wrap up Psalm 136, and a very small reading from this today, but yesterday in the reading, it's a lot of things that might be hard to personally identify with when it's uh, talking about the exodus of the Israelites or God, you know, Defeating these kings on the other side of the Jordan River, uh, you can't really take a lot of that personally. You were not there. Uh, those are, you know, going way back in history to remember those things over 3,000 years ago. But consider the few verses we read today. It is He who remembered us in our low estate, for His steadfast love endures forever, and rescued us from our foes for his steadfast love endures forever. He who gives food to all flesh, for his steadfast love endures forever. Give thanks to the God of heaven, for his steadfast love endures forever. And so even as you think through each of those today, I think you can, it's easier to relate with some of these final statements. It is he who remembered us in our low estate. If you are a believer, you can say this in the most personal way because at one point you were lost. You were without Christ. You were without hope. You were on a path towards destruction and God remembered you in that low estate and he saved you from that destruction. That is coming. Uh, can you not for that say for his steadfast love endures forever? Uh, can you not also say that God has rescued you from your foes, Really, even the foe of yourself and your own flesh, the foe of the world, the foe of the devil, right? That in Christ, God has rescued you. God has defeated those foes. God has delivered you. Uh, you can also say for his steadfast love endures forever. He who gives food to all flesh. Have you eaten every day of your life? Uh, At least that you've been healthy and able to. I mean, has God taken care of you? Well, then you can give thanks that his steadfast love endures forever. And that final verse, give thanks to the God of heaven for his steadfast love endures forever. You know, we think about um, one week ago when you were gathering to celebrate Thanksgiving, right? We need to be reminded that Thanksgiving should be a constant reality for believers. It's not wrong to set aside a day for that purpose and to celebrate in special ways on that day. But Thanksgiving should be something that's happening in our hearts, and our words, and our actions every single day of our lives because God has been good and his steadfast love endures forever. So I hope you're filled with gratitude even as you consider those things. Next, let's move on to our final two passages that will get us thinking about the future. And we first, we go to Ezekiel 44 and 45. And here again, it talks about some different things regarding this future temple. It talks even about a prince, and there's some questions, well, what's going on there? And it really seems that this will be some kind of uh, leader in Jerusalem and in the temple, maybe some kind of administrator, uh, executive. I don't I don't know what you would put it, but some kind of figure like that. The, the prince does not, I don't think is not Jesus Christ. And some pretty clear reasons would be that this prince offers sacrifices for sins. Uh, Jesus doesn't need to do that. Also, this prince we'll see in chapter 46, will father sons. I um, don't think we should anticipate Christ doing that. Uh, we don't see that scripture. Um, so this prince seems to be somebody else. But one interesting thing today is when it talks about some of the priests and what their role is going to be, uh, some of that is determined by the, um, the faithfulness or the faithlessness of their forefathers, that there's certain Levites that will have some jobs, but they will not kind of have the most privileged roles because of the unfaithfulness of their ancestors. But the those that descend from Zadok, the priest, uh, they are given some of the more prime positions. And in God's eyes, he's saying he's doing that because of the faithfulness or lack thereof of their forefathers. So let that speak to us just even about how seriously God takes faithfulness to him and the effect that could have even beyond us that we are unaware of. Uh, and so let that be a call for us to remain faithful to Christ. And then we just read a little bit in Revelation today, Revelation chapter seven, verses one through eight. And here it uh, talks about these 144,000 uh, that will be sealed on their foreheads. Um, and it talks about 12 from each of the tribes of uh, Israel. And so, 12,000. And so, as you look through this, I have not come across a convincing way to understand this passage in any way that is not, well, pretty straightforward. That in this uh, future period of, of judgment, uh, there will be 144,000 of Israel that are sealed and used by God. And I think this matches up with other things that we see in scripture that God has not done with the nation of Israel. And even one of the primary purposes of this time of tribulation is God working on Israel, and these witnesses will seem to have a role in that, and perhaps even beyond Israel, Uh, but these people will be testifying really to the truth about Christ, and it seems that there will be a lot of fruit uh, from their ministry. But again, these passages get us looking to the future. But as for right here, right now, let's remind ourselves and ask ourselves, whose glory are we living for today? our own, or are we really seeking the glory that comes from God and from God alone? Thanks for digging into God's word with me today on Revival from the Bible. For more resources, check out revivalfromthebible.com. To learn more about Compass Bible Church, Treasure Valley, go to compassbible.tv. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you.